Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Quick update on the last five years of my life, Scott. Not a single fucking thing has gone right the entire time. (laughs) Today is not the exception to that rule, so... Oh, what happened, buddy? Fucking name it. Well, you said something about disappointing a child. Yeah, I accidentally revealed to a child that his dog was dead today. Oh. I didn't know his parents had told him the old story about it being uh, sent away. So. (laughs) Whoops. Jesus Christ. And you, what, tortured a squirrel? Yeah, because my stupid fucking neighbors won't do anything about their rat problems. So I had to put rat traps at the edge of my property, which a fucking squirrel got his paw caught in today, which he then freaked out and ran and got himself tangled up in my kid's hockey net. So now there's a fucking squirrel running around missing a paw and my kid's hockey net is fucking ruined. Jesus. That's the morning. Want to keep going? And something about you couldn't get your digital signature to show up on a PDF? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, one, that one's kind of first world problems, really. Yeah, that, yeah, that one's not a big deal. All right. Well, that was the last update I got. I don't know. That was at 9.45 this morning, so what's yeah. happened since then? Oh, fuck. Let's see. Um, Walmart tried to deliver an order to me today that I had canceled, so that was the whole thing. I then got the... At the same time as I'm standing there talking to him, the replacement order that I ordered from Costco showed up, which is a TV to mount in my living room. So I go get it all set up, go to mount it, and realize, shit, I don't have all the proper drill bits. So I go out and I buy the proper drill bits according to the instruction manual on the first page. It says, make sure you have these drill bits available. I get back, I get three quarters of the way through the process and realize, no. When you get to the actual part where you use the drill bits, then they give you more specific instructions of what the drill bits are supposed to be. And guess what? Not a single fucking hardware store in my area carries those drill bits. So now my fucking living room is just full of parts while I wait for online delivery of fucking drill bits. And I still don't have a fucking TV mounted. And it's just... One thing after a fucking another. I don't know. Demon did you piss off? I don't know. It's just, it's every day it's this shit, man. I just sent you a Facebook message with a, a meme that I found today that kind of, I think, sums up your situation. <laughs> it's yeah. downloading. It won't download properly, Scott. That just fucking figures. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's about right. It, it <laughs> came through now, and it's Edward Scissorhands trying to figure out how to wipe his ass, and it's not working. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. only reason I need to buy a new TV is because my house already burned down and now the, oh I, I forgot the part where I also went out and bought like a stud finder because I'm like I don't want to be that idiot who's trying to find studs without doing it properly the stud finder I've bought every time you run it across the walls identifies the spot the studs as being in a different spot which can't be right because I'm pretty sure the studs aren't moving well, so and your house your house is cursed Apparently, my fucking life is cursed, dude. It's just. Uh, did you do the joke in front of Lando, or you do the stud finder on your chest to be like, "Found him"? No, oh, I. That's that's the other thing. Is like oh, the whole point of doing all this today was that he's not supposed to be here when I do these types of projects because it's not exactly helpful to have a six-year-old around. Now he what? will be here when I try to finish that project because I have to wait. Till, uh... <laughs> Oh, Doc. Well, my wife used to have a stud finder that gave her dog seizures, so at least there's not that. Oh, I don't know. There could have been dogs having seizures seizures while I was trying to lie. My neighbors were yelling, but they yell all the time, so I don't know. Maybe Maybe, maybe the dogs was having a seizure. Maybe the three-legged squirrel was having one. Maybe. No, he has four legs. He's only missing a paw. Oh, well. And a See, lot it could blood, be worse. And a lot of blood was in, like, in a pool in my backyard, but it rained, so I'm hoping that takes care of that. <laughs> <laughs> See, nature finds a way. Poor fucking squirrel. I actually feel bad for the squirrel. I could hear him squealing. I'd never heard a, a squirrel make noise before. I could hear him squealing from like upstairs in my office where I was fighting with the stupid fucking PDF thing. Yeah, we have oh. squirrels... Like we have two giant oak trees in our backyard and there's squirrels that live in them and they, they yell at us. Like they'll throw acorns down at us and then, you know, every now and then just start squawking at us. Like we're, we're convinced they're, you know, telling us to fuck off and leave their house alone. Well, that sounds like a lovely problem to have, quite frankly. Are you back to work, Doug? Yeah. Why else would I be signing a PDF? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. That's what I was trying to. I was trying to sign the new PDF to say, "Hey, I moved back to my other house, so this is where I'll be working from now on." <laughs> Good times. Well, now, Brian, don't you feel like a real asshole for making him watch Alone in the Dark this week? Oh yeah, that, uh, all this is after I watched Alone in the Dark, by uh, the way. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Look, Scott, I know you haven't been around for a while. But we'll do the fucking segues on this show, all right? <laughs> uh, it is something yeah. we take pretty personally around here. I was going to ask if we were just going to let Scott host the show and just make a joke that this is episode like 335 of Last Horrorcast. But I guess that's <laughs> ruined. I guess that's ruined. Thanks a lot, Scott. Yeah, like I remember how to do jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Let's be honest. I don't remember who Scott is at this point. So I'm just taking Brian's word for it that we used to host a podcast. Either. <laughs> I'm, well, no, I'm, no, I'm Noah B. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, Noah's not here, which also lends to Doug's anger because he likes to make Noah angry. So. Um, it is frustrating that Noah didn't have to watch Alone in the Dark. I'm going to tell you that flat out. I'm like, <laughs> when I realized I have to watch this movie in a week where he doesn't. Oh, that pissed me off. 
like I saved that movie and watched it mm. on a Monday because I'm like Mondays are gonna suck anyway. So. Probably a good choice. Um, so Scott, you're gonna be hosting another podcast again soon. Do you want to tell us about it? Uh, sure. Yeah, it starts up. I think our first episode will probably go up this week if I can get my shit together. Um, oh, we are. We don't have our shit together. This won't go up for like two weeks. So probably. you're gonna want to amend your statement to be like, <laughs> our first episode is up and active, and uh, people should download it now. Yeah, good call. Go go find it. We're on episode ten. Um, <laughs> things have been going great. <laughs> The plan, uh, no. the plan is for this to be up by Wednesday of next week. Is that right? Yes, because our other episode two of Slater September drops on Friday. So all right. we're like, we want to do Slater September, but we want all the episodes to come out within a week of each other. Yes. Okay. So that was my plan. Right. It's, it's like a special event. All right. Yeah, so then I guess my new show may or may not be up. By this time you're hearing this, there's no way. There's no way to tell. Who knows? You know, like life, it, it, it may be over. You may have run for five years. We might be I done. <laughs> Life's a gamble. Um, yeah, we're we're trying something new. Um, it's the Fresh Brains podcast. We'll, we've got Instagram and Facebook. You know, so search search us out there. Um, we'll be on the Geek Nerdery feed. So. If you're listening to this, there's a pretty good chance you know where to find us anyway. Uh, but yeah, the idea came when me and an, another friend, Brian, um, he and I were talking. And, you know, I've been a horror fan for as long as I've been old enough to go to video stores and rent movies. And he and I were friends for a while before I ever realized that he liked horror, too. But he had basically just discovered it. Um, and we, we've watched, you know, a handful of horror movies together and I was just really enjoying showing him new movies and like getting his first time reaction to things, especially things like sleepaway camp, um, shit like that. So we're kind of taking the approach of, you know, the short episodes, probably like 45 minutes a piece, but we'll kind of, you know, sit down and talk about a movie that he's never seen before um we'll talk for like 15 minutes or so and then to turn off the mics go watch the movie and then come back and record another half an hour or something of kind of like his first fresh impressions of it and give it a chance to kind of talk about it and go from there but um yeah i think it'll be kind of fun just to have somebody you know i think a lot of horror podcast listeners have seen most of the movies out there but just to hear a fresh take on some of this stuff it'll be hopefully pretty interesting uh, you haven't paid attention to our feed we do lots of stuff that nobody's heard of well th- that's very true <laughs> I, I was um I, I felt a little bit uh good the other day when i was i overheard some people talking and they were talking about this new movie that they just discovered and how great it was and how they were so proud that they found this um bruce campbell movie called moon trap that nobody had ever heard of and i'm like hey wait a damn minute <laughs> Don't act like you're the first people to see this movie. It was episode number one, as I recall, Mr. Doug. <laughs> I don't even remember it. I know I've seen it, but I can't even think of it. So that episode one, that was Killer Robots of the 1980s, right? Yep. That and Chopping Mall. Yep. Something about robots that live on the moon and they're trying to come harvest humans to like get spare parts or something. Bruce Campbell's in it. That's all you need to know. 
Yeah, I can't. I cannot remember that film at all. I remember Chopping Ball because I've seen it 147 times since then. <laughs> Yet they still haven't listened to us and made any Killbot toys. I don't understand. I don't. Well, like, there's a Funko of fucking everything, but there's not a Killbot. I don't know, man. Scott, somehow last year you missed it. They played Chopping Mall at the normal theater. Oh, son of a bitch. I was there. That's for damn sure. God, that would have been good. Big screen Chopping Mall. Yeah. Mm. It was great. I applauded when it was over and the rest of the audience started applauding with me. I'm like, that's right. This movie deserves it. Recognize. Yeah, that, that, that would have come close to my IMAX Jaws viewing the other day, but I don't know. Not quite there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, since Scott did such a masterful segue, I'm going to do a really shitty one. Say, hey, guess what? It's later September. It's week three. So we're doing Christian Slater movies from the 2000s. Which was not a good period in his career, obviously. It's not a good period in filmmaking in general, <laughs> especially not for the type of direct-to-DVD shit we're going to talk about tonight. But, you know. Well, Doug, since you loved it so much, why don't you tell us about Alone in the Dark? I will not. No. <laughs> Come on. Okay. No, I'm not even joking. I have no idea what this fucking movie's about because I don't listen that closely to the fucking obviously recorded months after the film was made voiceovers that they made Christian Slater read. <laughs> and read is the operative word there because he's very obviously being handed paperwork for the first time and told to read this into a microphone in one take and then he leaves and then they fucking just put it over the entire movie. And that's the only way you would know the plot because everything else is just people running around like fucking idiots and way too much slow motion and Tara Reed for some reason. And no, I don't know. I don't know what this movie's about. I watched it. I watched it as best I could. I really tried. I even assembled furniture while I was watching it so that I wouldn't go on my phone. <laughs> and I still don't know. There was monsters. Christian Slater wears a trench coat. The acting's atrocious. There's fucking slow motion all over the place. And you know, oh, I fucking love slow motion. And then every now and again, it'd be like heavy metal music and lots and lots of guns. And they'd be like, there's 19 of these guys. And it's like, well, you've been firing guns for 10 fucking minutes. So I guess you've taken care of the 19 of them. And they'd be like, nope, there's 22 of them left. And I'd be like, I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> this movie's fucking bullshit, man. Well, Scott, you played the game and watched the movie for this episode. Can you give us a plot rundown? I mean, the short version is the game's better. Tara Reed sucks. The end. Um, Don't blame Tara Reed for this, though. We had this discussion when we were just you weren't here, obviously, Scott, but we just had this discussion <laughs> when everybody in the movie sucks. You can't blame the actors. Maybe I mean, she would have been terrible if they'd had a better director, but they didn't. So we will never know. I mean, she is outright atrocious in this, though. And like there, there so are lines everybody. that it's true. But I'll I'll point her out specifically. There were lines she delivered, and I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, thinking, okay, maybe it's a bad script. It and is. I thought about it. It's like, no, the, the words that she's saying make sense for the situation. She's just reading them as if she were in a high school play. Okay, here's, um, what, I, here's what I think happened in this movie. And I did some internet research. I can't confirm this. It's just my own theory. But I don't think the script was written in English. And I don't think they translated it early enough to give the script to the actors. So I'm pretty sure that they had a poorly trans translated script 
on cue cards that they were holding up and the actors were reading them and they only had one take. I think that's how this film got made because everybody is delivering lines in this atrociously terrible way. The words are not written like the person who wrote them speaks English as a first language. It's more like we wrote this in Albanian and we could only find one guy that speaks Albania and broken English. So that's the guy we're going to get to translate it. And then we're just going to hold it up and have these relatively well-known actors considering read it and we don't have enough money to do that again so whatever they said that's what's on script now and then we'll just we'll play really loud heavy metal music sometimes that'll fix the problem all right i'll i'll try to put something together of a plot here um the Basically, a long time ago, there was a Native American tribe that found a portal to another world, and then they decided that's not a good idea. Let's seal up the portal and took the key to the portal and broke it into like five pieces and hid it all over the planet. And then flash forward to like 20 years ago, there's an orphanage and some group of people – I. I honestly don't know who went to the nun that runs the orphanage and it's like, Hey, I'm going to buy 20 of these kids to go do a biological experiment on. And she's like, that's not cool. And he's like, here's some money. And she's like, okie dokie. And they took the kids and implanted a parasite onto their spine. Um, and it worked on all 20 of them except Christian Slater who got electrocuted somehow and that killed his parasite. But the parasites were there because this group knew that at some point in the future, something was going to happen to trigger the parasites and cause them to come out of dormancy and make people, make the people turn into zombies, I guess. I don't know why. Um, And then flash forward to the present, and there's a guy who runs a museum who's looking for the Native American artifacts, and he finds a chest on a shipwreck, and the guy who works in the mailroom, an elf, opens it up, and the demon, I guess, gets out and causes the spine parasites to wake up, and so people leave their house and go somewhere, I don't know. Um, and then Christian Slater decides he's going to go look for them because he's a paranormal investigator, but he doesn't work as a paranormal investigator anymore because he like got fired or quit or something, but he still knows the people that he worked for, but he doesn't like them and they don't like him, but then they're friends. So he goes to find his friend who had the spine parasite and he used to bang Tara Reed and now she works at the museum and they kill the other 19 zombie people and then find the gate and open it. And then they say, whoops, that was a bad idea. And so they close it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I said. Okay. I don't have any idea what any, I don't have any idea what any person's motivation was ever. Like, who the government group that he kind of used to work for? Like, are they good guys or bad guys? Are they what they wanted, what their motivation was, whoever put these spine parasites on, what their motivation was. I, 
I have no idea what anybody wanted out of this, but um, that's basically the the events that happened in some fashion. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope you're not expecting an answer to that question because I don't think one exists. Um, I know, like the one old guy seemed very excited with the parasites. I don't know why. Um, yeah, and he wanted all the artifacts, but then when they found the chest and somebody opened it, he was mad at them for that. But then he was mad. He, at, he was mad at anybody who opened any artifact throughout the entire film. I don't. I don't know why. Again, that's true. But every time somebody else opened an artifact, that guy screamed. But he knew that like opening the chest or the trunk was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But that seemed to be going in line with what his mission was. So I don't know why he was all butthurt about it. Yeah. He really went out of his way to find that thing just to tell everyone to not, not to open it. Right. I mean, maybe just leave it at the bottom of the ocean then. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I didn't understand his character at all. Like he would just disappear and then randomly show up, start choking people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He liked to choke. He was a choker. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're opening his artifacts. What are you going to do? Yeah. True. I came Um, home to watch this today. And then uh, put it on and then promptly fell asleep for the first half. Nice. And then watched the last half and didn't feel like I missed anything. Let me tell you something. And I think I already messaged this to you, Brian, but I was watching this movie and I was like, oh, my God, how long is left in this? And I paused it and I was 22 minutes into it. (laughs) Not, Not 22 minutes left. I was 22 minutes into it. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. That's when I decided to start assembling furniture while I watched this film. Because I'm like, there's no way. There's absolutely no chance that I'm going to just sit here quietly and watch this movie. <laughs> I, uh, I don't there's know. So like, much goes on that makes it's nothing. It's and like they have this whole subplot where Tara Reed and Christian Slater are boyfriend and girlfriend. But he disappeared and he shows back up and he shows back up and he's like, it's me. And she's like, it is. And then she punches the shit out of them yeah she has good and then they just shrug and go all right that's we're done with that now and then it plays it's like completely irrelevant for the rest of the movie i think i don't know maybe it's not maybe if there was a character motivation that was involved but i what the fuck are you doing how is how are people allowed to make movies like this well and what's funny is i was reading some of the trivia just to see if i could find any explanation of like the script got handed off to somebody else or something. And the, the only two relevant pieces of trivia I found were that whole like text scroll at the beginning of the movie was put there because the, um, (laughs) like the screening audiences got done with the film and had no idea what had happened. So they added that just to like give some background explanation, which didn't help, but just so we're clear, I, I need people who are at home who haven't watched this movie because they're luckier than me to understand that that scroll is like four minutes long. Yes. <laughs> so when you say that you added a scroll to the front of the movie, it's not to tell everyone what year it takes place or to establish who a character is. It's to establish 10,000 years of history and the existence of a native American tribe that was wiped out prior to recorded history. You don't do that in a fucking scroll. That's just that can't do it. <laughs> no, I was like, hey, Uwe, you forgot to tell everybody what your movie was about um, during your movie. <laughs> <sighs> like, my God. Um, 
but yeah, also apparently after the script was greenlit, they gave him another, I forget what it was, like 10 million to uh, mm. play with, and he put it all into special effects. What special effects? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll at least say that there, there were some monsters running around that came out of like weird little space portals. Um, for a 2005 movie, they didn't look terrible, but then every time they were fighting them, the fight scenes just went to black screens where all you saw were, you know, yeah. gun blasts. So it was just, it was chaotic up until there was the, you know, fight scene music video. The, I think this was the slow motion music playing gunfight. Yeah. It looked like it should have been on MTV. Mm-hmm. Not when MTV was good, but like years later when MTV <laughs> was having its downfall. Yes. But I, I just want to point out, you said that these monsters didn't look terrible for 2005 standards. Okay. But they didn't look like somebody put 10 million extra dollars. No, no. <laughs> like they, they would have been fine in a direct DVD movie in 2005, which would have a total budget of $10 million of which Christian Slater should get six. Do people so, still get to go fight Uwe Boll? Like, is he still doing that thing where you can go beat his ass if you want to? I don't know. Uh, look he, it up, please. He's, he's retired now. Doesn't make movies Good. anymore. Um, number one, the movie cost $20 million to make. Global box office was $12 million. That's way too high. I'm upset with a lot of people right now. <laughs> at $12 a ticket, that's a million people who saw this movie in theaters, and you should all be ashamed of yourselves. Uh, number two, Uwe Boll was a former boxer, but didn't tell anybody before he offered to let them fight him in the ring. Yeah. And every journalist he fought against to beat the living shit out of him. But see, he should still be charged with a crime for frauding them into getting them in the form of a boxer. <laughs> with their I'm not even like that's that's. He should be charged with a crime for making this movie, but separate from that, he should be charged with a crime for tricking people into fighting him when he's a trained boxer and they're not. I I'm sure that all of the box office money that this movie made had to be from like Resident Evil hype because the games. You know, the, so the Alone in the Dark game franchise, it was, a, I, I believe I know this, I'm, I might be a little bit wrong, but there were like three games that were made for the PC in like the mid 90s. And then they remade the first one on PS1. And that's the version that this is supposedly based on. Um, but that game is very very similar to the resident evil playstation games like they it pulls a lot of the same controls the mechanisms the you know survival horror in a giant mansion you've got limited ammo limited uh health items only can save in certain times so the game was very much catering to that same popularity and i'm guessing the same people who you know played these video games went and saw the Resident Evil movie and enjoyed that, saw, hey, now there's an Alone in the Dark movie, I'll go see that too. So that's where your $12 million came from, is the people who got suckered in that way. Now, what I want to know is who were the um, $112,000 were the people that went to see Alone in the Dark 2? Because I saw that in the box office number two, and that's just atrocious. That's upsetting that that exists. Yeah. Uh, Scott, you ruined my joke for the end of the episode. I was going to tell Doug we're doing Alone in the Dark 2 next week. 
<laughs> I already suggested that to him, and I think he wants to punch me. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing you guys live far away. Uh, <laughs> but man, at least we had, could have had an enjoyable cast for the second one. So it has Lance Henriksen, Bill Mosley, Danny Trejo, uh, Michael Pare, PJ Souls. That makes me really sad to hear that. Okay, yeah. but here, okay, here's where I think there's some potential there because all of those actors that you just mentioned have been in bad movies before and know how to have fun in bad movies. And that's what this movie was missing. Like I told my wife, like I've seen a lot of bad movies in my life, but I tend to enjoy them because usually the people making them and being a part of it are kind of in on the joke. This movie took itself way too seriously, which is why I claim that it's, you know, no exaggeration, probably the worst movie I've ever seen. But if you put, you know, a Lance Henriksen and a Danny Trejo in there, I could see them hamming it up in a way that it could actually be somewhat enjoyable. Granted, I'm not willing to take that risk, but I think there's potential there. (laughs) I guess the question I would ask is like who directed it? Because again, if you're bringing these people on set and holding up cue cards and handing them words that were only translated to English five minutes before they're held up. There's nothing those people could do with that. I'm not blaming the actors at all for this film. I mean, we, we are fucking hold doing a month of Christian Slater movies for a reason. We all respect him as an actor and we all like roles he's in. We know what he can do, but in this movie, it's like, what was he supposed to do with what he was given? It's not his fault. And you know, I mean, like, even I think they should. I think they should remake this, but Tyler Perry it up and just have Tara Reid play every role. Sure. Somehow she's still dressing up as a giant black woman too, and everybody's like, "Tara, no, no." <laughs> she's the fat one and the old one. <laughs> but isn't like even Tara Reid? Isn't she in those like Sharknado movies that I don't watch? Yeah, she's in all the Sharknados. And and people enjoy those, right? So she must have learned somewhere along the line how to have fun in a bad movie. Like, Yeah, and I think this was kind of her in-between phase because prior to this, I don't know much about her career, but I think what did she do? Just like all the American Pie movies and she was in Scrubs for a season. So like, but she's fine in the American Pie movies. There's nothing disrespect. Like I wouldn't call her a bad actress in those movies. She's just she's no, she was fine. She got famous. Then after that, she got more famous for just being a drunken mess. This lends to this movie being like, well, I want to go on vacation this year to the Bahamas, so I should probably do this movie. Listen. Being a drunken mess would be such a step up from being in this movie. <laughs> it's, <laughs> this movie is so atrocious that it's like, honestly, like if I saw if I could watch a clip of her like falling down because she's trying to walk up to an awards show and she can't walk straight or watch her in this movie, which one do I feel worse for her for in this movie? I feel genuinely bad for anyone who had to be in this. Yeah, I was talking to coworkers today about how I watched this and that it legitimately was the worst thing I've ever seen. And they all kind of did that. Oh, it can't be that bad. Oh, you're making me want to watch it now. And I'm like, no, I, I literally don't think I can be responsible for that. Like, this is not a, it's so bad. It's good. Or you'll have fun with it. Like it was a 
please do not go watch this because I don't want that on my on my conscience. Oh yeah, no, I would. If, like, I think we need to make it abundantly clear: there's no joy in this film whatsoever. There's Shit. nothing good that could possibly come from anyone watching this movie. Tara Reid works a lot. Does she? She's still doing stuff. I'm like a third of her the way down her IMDb, and it's still only like 2020. She's done like a billion movies in the past three years. Hmm. Is any of them alone in the dark three? No. God. Who did direct part two? Uh, a couple people who I'd never heard of, and I looked at their credits, and they were producers on a lot of Uwe Boll stuff. So that sounds right. The kind of assholes who greenlit this are also making the sequel. That sounds fair. <laughs> that, uh, read it, that read the script and was like, you know what this needs? Another $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> See, if so, you're saying the total budget was 20 million, including that extra 10? Because that sounds like, like it sounds like if you take that 10 back, then I'd be like, okay, so this is a $10 million movie. I mean, it still doesn't deserve to break even, even, but at, um, at least I can understand how you would make this movie at ten million. I'm I guessing, don't understand. Uh, I'm guessing Uwe Boll threw down like fifty thousand dollars into the special effects, and then put the rest of it into his pocket. Yeah, yeah, like, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, I put it all in the special effects. There's a giant house somewhere in Europe that's just like he's like, no, I made this from the profits. That's what happened. So this is only the second Uwe Boll movie I've ever watched. I don't think there's going to be a third. No, his films are Im- irredeemable. Like it's, it, it, you can watch the trailer to a Uwe Boll film and decide based on that that you'll never watch anything in his filmography because they're all shit. Like it, it, it there's nothing good about them. There's no positives to bring out of this movie. Does anybody have any? Does anybody want to say anything positive about this movie? Like try really hard. Uh, it made me play. It, if Brian had not texted me and said, "Hey, let's do this podcast. We're watching Alone in the Dark," I would not have started to play the PlayStation game, and that was enjoyable. That's not a positive thing about the movie. That's a, a thank you to Brian and a compliment to the video game. Uh, try again, though. <laughs> That's the best I got. The poster's kind of cool. Uve Boll's got a new movie that came out this year. Went back, back on his retirement. Went back on his retirement. You promised me, sir. <laughs> He's directed 34 films. Jesus. How? Christ. What is wrong with the world, man? Like, like the first one, I understand. People didn't know. After that. <sighs> yeah, this, this is actually the first Uwe Boll movie I've ever seen. Because... I always just kind of knew the reputation and just didn't have the interest, but I'm, uh, I need to listen to my gut more apparently. Yeah, but you like video games, Doug or Scott, and you can watch house of the dead, watch in the name of the King, a dungeon siege tale, postal Far cry. Yeah, but I never played any of those games or blood rain. Never. I've never played those. So rampage. That's not the rampage. That's not the rock rampage. No, 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 no. He's directed a whole uh, series of rampage films, but I don't even think they're in English. One of them's got the U.S. Capitol on it. So yeah, if he did the rampage, you know, with the giant uh, 
flying wolves that that would have made this movie better yeah, i mean this, yeah this uh rampage capital punishment has the guy that was the taxi driver at the beginning of this movie i know him because he's from freddy versus jason that's where i knew him from i recognized him but apparently he's the main character in this movie mm-hmm. Jesus. sure why not i don't even remember the cab maybe that's a good sign maybe like this movie is pushing out of my brain that quickly to where things that happened just 48 hours ago i'm already starting to forget so no that you'd be lucky if you could but maybe maybe by tomorrow this will be gone because it's atrocious because i remember he like christian slater comes out of the airport and he's like going to get in the cab and i'm like oh well these are two actors i at least recognize they should be able to have a, a believable conversation where one of them tells the other one where he'd like to go and the other guy says no problem i'll take you there but even that wasn't believable i'm like no i don't buy it for a second i don't think christian slater's getting in a cab at all we should mention his. oh yeah that's right where he was like being chased by the other cab and the cab driver's like far out let's do it let's run this guy yeah damn it it's coming back to me screw you doug you should comment on his uh most pointless scene in the entire movie which is more specific Christian Slater on a plane talking to a kid sitting next to him. Oh, yeah, trying to scare the kid. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He gets off the plane, hops in the cab, and I'm like, what the fuck does that scene have to do with anything that's going on? Yeah. Nothing. You can make that comment about every scene in this, though, Brian. Like, oh, it's literally, true. what it's did the, the 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 zombie people that, like, the girl dropped her coffee mug and then, like, just walked out of her house? What did that have to do with anything? What... What did the chest being opened have to do with anything? Like none of these scenes fit with the other scenes. They're all just things that happened. (laughs) Wish they hadn't. (laughs) You know, the worst thing about this whole movie was, was at the end when there was the big reveal that Christian Slater was the kid at the beginning. As if we all didn't know that the whole fucking time. was, Was that a surprise? I think it was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was like, when that moment came and he's like, but I got electrocuted when I was a kid. And then they did the whole thing. Cause it's not like a little thing that happens. They spend like 10 minutes on it where they x-ray him or whatever and find the, that he has the parasite, but the parasite was killed when he was x when he was electrocuted. And I'm sitting there staring at my TV going, yeah, I fucking know. Everyone fucking knows. <laughs> How does he not fucking know? Has he not been paying attention this whole movie? Because I've been trying not to pay attention, and I still know. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, Brian, for making me watch this. You're welcome. Oh, my God. I was so mad. But now when people ask you what's the worst movie you've ever seen, you can give them this, a definite I, uh, I le- answer. Legit, this might be the worst movie I've ever seen. And I mean... I mean that sincerely, like it's, we watched some shit on this podcast and I've seen some real bad movies, but for a $20 million budget and to have brand name actors and to come up with this, like what the hell, man? See, I I really thought that I was going to come on here and say that it was the worst movie ever. And Doug was going to get all riled up because he's going to say, no, it's not quite that bad. And then he was going to get mad at me because I forced him to defend it. But 
I'm <laughs> impressed to hear that. No, we both hate it. It's, no, it it might be like it's hard. Like we we watch so much shit as the hosts of this podcast that it's possible something's worse. But I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. And it's like even other movies where I've been like, oh, it's ridiculous or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but they had a million bucks to work with or something. And I'm like, here, it's like they had a real budget. They had a real cast. They had every opportunity. They had like an idea. Like I assume the video game has an idea in it that you could turn into a movie. It's all there for them. And they just drop the ball on every imaginable level. Like it's... Well, and that's kind of what I was saying, like the other movies that are bad, they still, you know, show some indication that they're having fun with it or they're in on the joke or they they know that it's bad special effects, but they're they're working with what they've got. And I can 100 percent appreciate, you know, filmmakers or actors or whoever doing the best with what they've got and, you know, making making something work. I can overlook a lot of bad stuff. But in this case, yeah, like Doug's saying, like you're you, nobody was trying like and nobody was having fun with it. They were taking it way too seriously. And that's just I can't res- I can't respect the fact that you're that clueless to the fact that you suck ass. <laughs> it's it's a surprisingly honest way to describe this film. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's atrocious. I I don't know. <laughs> and I feel like we're bringing Doug down. Should we move on? <laughs> like I legit like usually if I haven't seen a movie before, I'm like, oh yeah, I just never got around to that one. But this one is one I made a conscious decision not to see, and now I've been forced to, and I'm not happy about it. I'm just gonna say that <laughs> flat out. <laughs> like this movie is an hour and thirty nine minutes long. In order to make it acceptable you'd have to cut out at least an hour and 41 minutes worth of footage (laughs) like you have to you owe me two minutes of something good just because i know this exists (laughs) (sighs) see brian when we used to do this like doug would have to watch bad movies and he would just like get angry but now he's just sad and i feel like we broke him (laughs) finally broke him (laughs) no is gonna be sad he's not here to I'm so pissed at Noah for not having to watch this. <laughs> he said he might, there, though. There's an outside chance that motherfucker would defend this, and I would lose my mind. I would <laughs> lose my mind if he started telling me, like, uh, if he like if he tried to be like, well, this scene was fun, and I got to drive all the way to fucking Illinois to slap him. <laughs> you could drive by my house first, and I'll give you a high five, and then you carry sure. on. It's like a practice slap. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned that uh, Stephen Dorff's in this movie, too. Well, you know he's in it because they give him a kung fu fight in the middle of the giant shootout. So <laughs> goes without say. Because uh, he's not good at kung fu, but what the fuck? He probably just was in a mood that day where he asked for one. And they're like, sure, edit one in. We'll stop the entire fucking movie to let you have a kung fu fight with a zombie. Why not? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, Doug, do you want to tell us about Hollow Man 2? Or are you too riled up? Uh, I don't know. There's not much to say about Hollow Man 2. <laughs> It'll be a, I'm sure it's going to be a less animated discussion. Um, let's see. There. What's Hollow Man 2 about? 
it's like the most obvious direct to DVD sequel of all time. It's where five years after the other Hollow Man movie, they just turns out they restarted the program and they made some guy invisible, but now he's gone rogue. And what? you're not going to believe this, but the the pretty girl who he's going after, there's a cop trying to protect her, and now the cop and her are working together to track him down. And then the cop, you guys, I hope you're sitting down for this. The cop has to turn himself invisible in order to fight the invisible guy so that they can both fight in the rain. Um, rain fights. Yes. Yeah. It was a little ridiculous. I'm like, really? We're doing a, a fight between two invisible people? <laughs> it's, when I was like, because I did like the Instagram post to show it that I'm watching the movie. And I found the picture and I'm like, I'm not quite sure what's going on in this picture, but it's an invisible guy getting rained on. I can live with that. I didn't realize it was two invisible guys fighting each other. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like spoiling the movie right on the cover. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, what are you going to do? Um... So if you say the words direct to video sequel to Hollow Man, mm-hmm. this is the exact movie that I felt it's, like I was going to get. That is honestly, that's the whole time I'm watching this, I kept thinking I wasn't really like I wasn't mad at the movie, I wasn't like complaining. I'm just thinking it was a simpler time back then, 2006. You didn't have thousands of movies at your fingertip. So you went to the video store still back then. And you walk through the shelves and you just you found something and went, all right, let's see if this works. And you were like, oh, I liked the first Hollow Man. They made a sequel. It obviously won't be as good. Everyone knows it won't be as good. But you bring it home and you watch it and you're like, yeah, all right. That that's two hours of my life that I'm done with now that I don't have to find something else to do with it. And uh, then you move on. Right. Yeah. It's just. It was a different world back then when they made this kind of movie. Like, you would never make this kind of movie today. You just wouldn't. I mean, you might. It would just be straight to Netflix and it would get buried. And yeah, but I don't even think it would. Nobody though. would ever see it. Because even the straight to Netflix stuff, man, they're at least trying to make, like, something that is memorable. Here, they're just, all they want is for you to see a, a name of an actor you recognize and it's part two of a franchise that you already kind of like or you vaguely remember seeing a few years ago. Right. Um, and that's that's it. That's That was the formula. And honestly, like, I watched the movie. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I would I choose to watch this movie now? Probably not. But in a category of direct-to-DVD sequels to Hollow Man, this is exactly what you're going to get. It's a, yeah. a, Of course, there's another Hollow Man. Of course two invisible guys have to fight each other at the end. I mean, of course. Yeah. I went into this with the lowest of expectations and walked away getting much more than I expected. I'm not going to say it was a good movie, um, but I'm not going to say it was a bad movie either. Like it was perfectly fine in everything that it set out to do. And you know, I thought the the special effects were actually good, uh, especially for 2006 era. Um, the the acting was fine. I liked the fact that they actually tried to come up with a plausible and I'll say believable 
a scientific explanation for it. Like it wasn't just we inject the green dye and now he's invisible. It's like, oh, and like the sun's rays pass right through his cells. And but there's a side effect like the the skin is blocking all that radiation. So without that, they just get like super cancer, like really fast. And so there's a, you know, another buffer that they can give to prevent that. And as I don't know, it was like science nonsense, but it, it at least tried. And it was something that made mm-hmm. more sense than midichlorians or whatever garbage. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. The fight scenes were fun. Like the dude getting his ass kicked in the bathroom. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's a good way to start a movie, honestly. Yep. I, I like the decision to have the Christian Slater character be invisible from the beginning. Um, I like that. We don't go through like the whole setup to it. We're just like, you saw hollow man, you know that we can inject a guy with stuff and he's invisible. So when invisible man shit starts happening, we're like, okay. And then it's Christian Slater's voice. And I think giving a decent performance. Well, yeah, Christian Slater loved that too, because he was basically able to film the movie all from his phone and on set for like a half a day because he's in like, (laughs) Did anybody do the research? Do we know if they put him in the green suit like they did Kevin Bacon and stuff? Or is it because it's a direct-to-DVD sequel? Is he just on set only when he's visible? Yeah, I don't have any idea. But considering everything he does is voiceover, except the flashback to when he gets injected. And at the very end, I guess, spoiler alert, he turns visible again. Like, that's it. So the guy's not really in the movie much. No. But ironically, he has less voiceover work in this than he did in the last movie where he was in every scene. That's true. So, <laughs> because this movie makes sense. So they didn't have to like hire him to come back and read a, a short story version of the events over top of the film. Well, to make everyone understand what was going on. Um, yeah. Oh, Brian, what did you think? You haven't said much. Uh, yeah, I was trying to look up to see if we could figure out if he had to wear the suits or not, and I did not see anything. Because famously, Kevin Bacon actually put on like the green suit, and like the whole movie, he's every time there's an invisible person on scene, it's actually Kevin Bacon acting it out. He's the uh, the precursor to the Andy Circus era of acting, I guess. And the the funny thing is, he thought he was going to do like a super simple thing like we just talked about where he just had to do the voiceover and he realized it was probably the hardest movie he ever worked on because yeah all the special effects he had to well, be on set for and i mean like i don't know like we don't want to get too far into it but kevin bacon's performance in that first film is fantastic and the movie is really good like i don't have i mean we must have done it on a podcast that i've been on but who the fuck knows now um yeah i haven't, I haven't watched it in a long time it's it's a it's like a solid horror movie, and it's like it's just a, it's an update on the Invisible Man story, right? You, you get the power to go invisible, and it gradually drives you insane. We all know that. Um, it's fine, and it's it's really fun, and Kevin Bacon's great. So I was kind of nervous going into this one, thinking I like Christian Slater, but he's no Kevin Bacon, and you know how does this film gonna hold up and pleasantly surprised that it's fine so apparently in 2013 mill creek released this movie on blu-ray mm-hmm. in a two-pack with the original movie yep hmm. horrible one to pick up 
I was I just happy that the the copy I found to buy still had the blockbuster rental sticker on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this movie was perfectly fine. Like I said, direct to direct to video sequel to Hollow Man. I got exactly the movie I thought I was going to see. Um, was a little disappointed mostly in in the first movie. From what I remember, we see the movie a lot from his perspective. Mm-hmm. In this one, we're basically doing it from the cop's perspective. Yeah, yeah. I the cop like is the. I felt like that was kind of boring, but um, you know, we have the first movie. Yeah, the the the, the cop from I like I'm just assuming, and I don't know this, but that actor plays a cop on a TV show at some point. Um, he was in the Twilight movies. Was he? Good for yes. him. Um, I don't. That get that, affect me. Get that Twilight money. Um. It's, but I like I'm just assuming like he's just a very stereotypical movie cop. You know what I mean? Like meets the girl immediately kind of hits on her, but he also sort of flirts with his partner who's a chick. And then when his partner's killed, he's like on a vengeance mission for the rest of the movie. And then he helps her escape from the other cops. Cause he's the good guy cop. And those other cops, they just don't understand what's going on. And I'm like, it's, it's just, I mean, honestly, like if you, if you, took any one of the three of us put us alone in a room for a day and we're like hollow man 2 direct to dvd lead character is a cop christian slater plays the hollow man we we come very close to this script we like it's not you just just a pen and paper do your best it's not that different the end result um so i don't know what that means about this movie other than the fact that when it came out I would have been perfectly happy to rent movies like this once a week. I would have rented a direct to DVD sequel to a horror film that I liked once a week. And if this is the quality I got, I was perfectly happy. Yeah. I also read that the script for this was based on the first draft of the first movie. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's probably the script they like sent over to Verhoeven to see if he wanted to do it. And then he completely rewrote it. He's like, yes, I do. However, (laughs) I'm not doing this. We can get a sequel out of the out of the other script. Don't even have to pay anybody else. They used a lot of the same special effects too. Yeah, like that that were shot from the first movie. But see, that's that's the beauty of making a sequel to a, a big movie is like mm-hmm. well, we've, we've got those effects in play, right? Like, because I remember the rain shots from uh, the original Hollow Man, and they don't look that different from the ones in this movie. So it's like great, we have the we have it figured out. We don't need to recreate the wheel kind of thing. Yeah, the only part of this movie that didn't fully make sense to me was the the cop guy was very quick to just be completely dismissive of any other authority. Like he's, you know, the army shows up and kind of unless I missed something, they didn't even really have to explain what they were there for. And he's just like, they're no good. Quick, let's run. And then goes back to his precinct and even though his chief is you know his friend and the, all of the other cops are like doing the right thing also he's just like no we gotta escape so it was I think he's a little bit too quick to be a loose cannon but uh, I don't know maybe that's just who he is yeah well he's a he's a cop in a direct to DVD movie I don't know if you knew about that part oh right <laughs> forget that shit they're, they're all like that um yeah, it is it is the the problem with kind of lower level filmmaking where it's like 
if he turned out to be wrong, if the feds weren't directly involved in creating the Christian Slater character and causing him to go rogue, then he would, um, he would be the biggest asshole in the world, but he's the hero of the movie. So it makes sense that he would know all this stuff and figure it out real quick. And there you go. And not that I'm losing sleep because I don't understand all the details of this plot, but did either of you catch why the, cause like they, they found the serum to make the people invisible and they were trying to make a super soldier and then also learned like, Oh no, what they really wanted was to make an assassin to kill off politicians. But they had the buffer that would keep him from going insane and from getting the super cancers but they didn't give it to him. And that was kind of like this shock reveal of like, oh, they never gave him the buffer. But I never understood w- w- why not. Like, why wouldn't yeah. why wouldn't they give it to him? So if I understood the movie correctly, and I'm not saying I did, I'm saying if um, he was going rogue and kind of either killing the wrong people or refusing to kill the right people. And that's why they're like, fine, then you don't get your buffer and we'll just wait for you to die and we'll all move on to the next guy. Yeah. All right. yeah. Makes sense. And uh, he was like, he was all they They have a whole scene where they explain that he was already in trouble for not following orders and doing his own thing while off in like Iran or Iraq or whichever Middle Eastern country they named. Um, and that that's sort of how they tricked him into being in this program was by letting him get away with whatever he'd done over there. But I don't think they were specific about what he'd done. So I don't know if we as an audience know whether to root for him or not based on that. Doug, I want to point out the fact that you've just done a better job of explaining something to me than Uwe Boll did in an hour and a half. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I tried a little bit. (laughs) I tried a little bit. It's... Fucking Uwe Boll, man. Um, <laughs> 34 times I let that guy be the director. How? Now, I know at the end of his career that he was financing his own films. So you can you can probably, there's probably a line there where you can draw it. But still, he had to make enough money to be able to finance his own films on the bullshit that they let him make. Fuck. Was he, was he financing his own movies? I believe so. I believe, like, towards the end, he's just making what he wants by financing his own movies. I almost got to interview him once. Oh, you should have kicked him in the nuts. Just be like, <laughs> I just had a follow-up question in regards to one of your films. And then you hoof him in the nuts and you just turn and run away. <laughs> don't run away. Yeah. He was going to be for my very first podcast horror joke. He was going to be at a convention I was going to. So I got a hold of him, hold of his uh, manager or whatever to see if I could set up an interview guy wanted to like talk over the phone about it so i was like all right so bald and then was like yeah so i just wanted to check on this whole thing i didn't know if you're trying to like set him up to like ambush him or something because he was already like an internet pariah by that point and i was like oh no i just want to talk to him about some of the movies he's made and he's like okay because i'm just warning you like this guy's like for real like he will fuck you up if you try to like pull one on them or something. And I was like, no, not at all. That's not what I was trying to do. And so I basically this, this manager is trying to talk me out of it. Like the whole time for some <laughs> stupid reason. I keep being like, no, like we literally just want to talk to him. We want to give him a chance to kind of talk about his stuff. And by then I think I'd only seen house of the dead. So 
So then it's like, all right, well, you know, he's going to be at this convention. I could definitely set you up with them. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, he ended up canceling the convention, but he was going to be there to promote Postal. And so since he couldn't go, Zach Ward went instead. Who's was the red-haired guy from Titus and the the guy in the bathtub. Fox, Fox skin cap from Christmas yep, Story. Christmas Story. And is the guy in the bathtub in Freddy versus Jason. He's like the older brother of the other guy we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he's like the main character. And so he, he was going to be there instead. So they like, yeah, you can talk to Zach if you want. And we're like, cool. So then we ended up doing an interview with Zach. And then we went to the bar and Zach walks in, comes right over to our table. And we just sat and hung out with him for like the entire night. That's pretty fun. So perfect it was probably better than uve bowl canceled because i had a great night that night didn't you once get threatened by like rowdy roddy pipers when doing an interview too um not so much threatened i mean sort of but like he was at a convention and i we went over to and his son was like his his handler at his table so he was taking all the money and stuff and so we asked him like hey you know do you think roddy would do an interview or whatever He's like, yeah, he'd probably do one. Uh, but, you know, we're kind of busy right now. I'm like, oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll come back some other time, like when it's this busy. He's like, all right, yeah, for sure. So we go over. We see there's like nobody in his line. Like he's talking to one person. So I go up. I'm like, hey, is now like a good time? I know there's nobody here. And he's like, yeah, sure. Let me ask him real quick. You know, we'll see if he wants to take a break or whatever. And so we kind of go stand off to the side far enough away that we're not like hovering over the table. And I see him talk to him. And then. Uh, the kid, the kid comes out from behind the table and he's like, he said he'd do it, but first he wants to talk to you. And he points directly at me and I'm like, Oh shit. So I go over and I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. We're just going to see if you want to do an interview or something. He's like, so, so what is this for? And I'm like, Oh yeah, we're a podcast. We just talk about horror movies and stuff. And we just want to talk to you about some of the, like the horror movies you've done and just kind of, uh, talk about that. He's like, Oh, Okay. Yeah, sometimes I have people trying to pull one over on me, and I don't like it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I understand. It's like, so I just want to make sure this is on the up and up. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, like we don't sell this. Like it's completely free. We just put it up on YouTube and stuff. So, you know, we don't make any money off of it or anything. So we're not trying to like profit off of you in any way or anything. He's like, okay, okay, yeah. I've just had people pull some some weird some weird stuff, and I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's no problem. And then he looked me dead in the eye and said, do I have your word on that? And stuck his hand out. And he's definitely one of those people that if you say yes, you have my word on it and then shake his hand. And if you were to double cross him, he would, he would murder you to death. Rowdy, rowdy, paper. So I was like, yes, yeah, I don't think anybody has any questions about that. But then he did an awesome interview. So it was not a good idea to cross around. Good old days of indie horror podcasting when you could just show up at a convention, ask for interviews, and get to hang out with the guys and everything. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, well, what's everybody watched lately? Have you watched anything, Scott? It's been five years, Scott, so what have you seen? 
<laughs> over the course, just go we might tap out a little bit here the rest of us got to get a night's sleep but <laughs> <laughs> just give us a detailed rundown um yeah i put together a little bit of a list because i've i have watched quite a bit in the last week or two and some are rewatches of old favorites some are new things that might be interesting so i don't know what you have or haven't talked about so if it's interesting stop me if not skip it um, could have listened to our show to get ready to come on it and then you'd know what we've talked about but whatever so don't say that because doug would be like just skip all of it <laughs> that's not true just because i'm not going to listen doesn't mean other people might know <laughs> uh like a week ago i was scrolling through um some streaming service i forget which one looking for something random and watched um uma with sander o mm. Wanted to see it. Haven't uh, haven't pulled that trigger yet. Um, it's interesting. I'd say it's it's worth a watch. It's not great. Um, the they try a lot of different things in the movie, and some of it works. Some of it's I don't know, kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. But um, yeah, it's about you know Sandra O oh plays this mom, and she lives on this farm with her daughter, but. She has this weird allergy to electricity. So, like, everybody on the farm, like, you can't bring anything electronic with you. You can't, you know, drive onto the farm. You have to leave your car off at a distance. And they've got um, – they're friends with Dermot Mulroney who brings them supplies from town. And it's almost more of a drama than it is a horror movie because there's – there's some some spookiness, but it's it's more about kind of like what's going on in the house and is she really allergic to electricity or not? And um, some ghosts show up, you know, grandma. But I don't know. It's it's worth a watch, but I wouldn't go out of your way. Mm. All right. Um, then what else did I watch? I was on a car trip and I just wanted something on kind of in the background as I was sitting in the back seat and uh, watched Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Hadn't seen mm-hmm. that in years. I was going to say you shouldn't watch movies while you drive, Scott. Yeah. I think you should. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Return of the Living Dead Part 2. I love it. Maybe even more than the first one. I don't know. They're, they're both yeah. pretty good. I don't know about that. I kind of rewatched the first one this week. I just kind of like as one of these ones that I watched like half of while I'm falling asleep. And uh, I don't know. It really holds up. I, yeah. I I don't watch it as much as some people do, but it's so good. So. Yeah, it's very, very good. Uh, after that, I watched Christine for the first time ever. What? Yep. Never seen Christine. Oh, Scott. It's been, a, it's, it's been a rough five years since you've been gone, huh? <laughs> How have you not seen Christine? The the concept always just seemed a little silly to me, like car coming back or car alive. I don't know. It was just it just kind of went past me all these years. And I. But it's John Carpenter. I know. I know. And I'm lukewarm on some of his stuff. So it's what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that uh... reaction was coming from Doug. <laughs> oh, well, I guess what did you think of it then? Um, I I really liked it. I think you know the only criticism or nitpick I had of it was even from the beginning I knew that there's really no way to wrap that story up 
like you can't kill a car. So at some point it's just, okay, we'll crush the car and then move on and hope it won't come back. But of course it will. And that's, that is how it ends. Um, but it, it was always also one of those where it's like, I didn't want it to end cause I was just having fun with it in the, the goofiness that it was. So yeah, it was a great, great movie. Um, but well, they're, they're, they're doing a remake of it. Listen, let's, we don't need to talk about that. What fucking John Carpenter films are you Luke? Doug, <laughs> <laughs> get right to the point. Um, I mean, let, let's see. Let me, let me pull down the, uh, the whole filmography here. He's going to, um, he's going to say some classics, Doug, and this is not going to go well. I know we're going to get mad, but we, I just want to know what we're mad about. I mean, wait, what? He, he did Village it. of the Damned, right? Yeah, the remake. Yeah. yeah, Village of the Damned was all right. It felt very Saturday afternoon TBS movie to me. Like, it just wasn't... It was fine. The kids were creepy, but it was... Superman and Luke Skywalker are fighting evil children, and that's not good enough for you, I guess. <laughs> um... The fog was built up too much before I saw it. Oh, how dare you? God damn it. <laughs> Podcast over. Go watch the stupid remake with the other Superman in it and see what you think of that. Oh, no, that was <laughs> terrible. I, I, I'll admit this is this is better than that, but I don't know. I guess that's all that I really have anything <laughs> he got Bad scared and stopped reading up titles. <laughs> we intimidated him into it. <laughs> Listen, if I intimidated him into becoming a John Carpenter fan, that's fine by me. You ever seen Body Bags, Scott? No, I've not seen Body Bags. Oh, you, should watch Body Bags. You, should, you should watch Body Bags. It's an anthology movie. Mm, I like those. Yeah. The correct answer to what movie are you lukewarm on is uh, The War. That's the answer. And then you yeah. say, and then you say, only because Amber Heard's in it. Nothing to do with John Carpenter's direction. No, it's actually poorly directed. But it's, yeah, it is. It's, he he could not give a shit. That I've, t- I've told you that story before, eh, Brian, about how I went Probably. to see that. The, I went to the oh, world, yeah. world premiere of that movie at Toronto International Film Festival, and then I get up there and I watch that piece of shit, and then I got a three and a half hour drive home in the dark in the middle of the night, <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I remember the episode that you and I did that was trying to give movies we hated a second chance, and that was your pick. And spoiler alert, he did not come around. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God. All right, continue on, Scott. Uh, what else did I watch? I rewatched Behind the Scene or Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon. Hadn't nice. seen that for a long time. That uh, Doug just yeah. rewatched that recently, I, didn't you? Yeah, just recently. Yeah. 100% still holds up. It's such a good movie. So yeah. fucking good, yeah. So I, good. I was kind of surprised when I rewatched it how much it holds up where it's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't it doesn't even feel aged at all. Like you know, no. you know like you know like when you watch like a Friday the 13th movie and you're like they're still super fun and everything, but they're of their era. Behind the Mask really feels like it could come out today. Right. Still love it. Well, and I was also thinking about it cuz I remembered at the time there was a Kickstarter or whatever Kickstarter was called back in 2006 that was like um, to try to make the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I I was a big supporter of that. I remember 
you know, donated some money to get a sequel made and it never happened. But thinking back on it now, I'm kind of glad just because I, I don't know that a sequel would have worked great. Like it, it just works so well as a standalone. I mean, it, it, yeah, except they had it was I think it was going to be a prequel, not a sequel. Right. And right. It was um, it was all the same people involved. And it was something that I think they had conceived before the success of this movie, if I remember correctly. Right. Which yeah. made me confident in it. Like there was like something where they were like, if this movie makes enough money, we could we could do this other idea. So that. To me, that's it wasn't like a cash grab scenario. So. Yeah, and I wouldn't have wanted it to turn into just a massive franchise of let's do it. But, you know, si- similar mm-hmm. to how Scream kind of played with the slasher formula of here's what a sequel is. Here's what the part three usually is like. I think it could have done that well because it had some pretty smart people behind it. Mm-hmm. I think they ended up turning it into a comic book from what I remember. Yeah, Never read it, but. I get frustrated when they do that because to me it's like, well, then now I can't even dream about it coming out as a movie one day. (laughs) Um, What else did I watch? I watched Resident Evil, the uh, 2002 one, not the new Raccoon City one. Or the new Netflix one that's already canceled. Oh, I hadn't even heard about that. Yeah, they (laughs) they, they made a Resident Evil series on Netflix. And it's already been canceled after one season. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and yeah, maybe it was the fact that I was so tainted by um, Alone in the Dark, but um, I, I don't know. I had always heard that Resident Evil was really terrible too, but I I had a hell of a good time with it and thought it was fun. So maybe it was just that my expectations were so low. <laughs> <laughs> um I think the problem is that a lot of horror movie fans watch those Resident Evil films and don't enjoy them. But I think as like dumb, like action video game movies, they work better. Mm-hmm. Mm. I've seen, I haven't seen all of them. I've, and any of the ones I have seen, I've only seen once. Maybe I've seen three of them, but I've just, you know, whenever somebody else is like, you want to watch this and it's like, I'm not doing anything else. So sure. Um, I can sit through almost any of them and they seem they're fine. Like they're, you know, right. They're, and and Mila Jovovich gets naked in the first one. So it's at least worth watching that one. Is she? That's true. That's, I haven't seen it since it was new. So I don't even remember that, yep. but it's not that hard to see her naked if you really want to. Um, really? <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even have to leave Scott. You're in front of your computer right now. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch, you're right. <laughs> Just if there's any weird noises that come up, we're in in this call. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I think a lot of the people who complain about that first one, they know that like Romero was involved in the original concept and ended up walking away and stuff. And it's like, yeah, okay, like it's not a horror film, but that's fine. Not everything's a horror film. Yeah, I think yeah. I got up to the fourth one, and that's when I tapped out. Yeah, it's a dumb action movie, but if you take it for what it is, I think it's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I finally saw Malignant after having multiple people tell me that they wanted my impression of it. Um, people loved that movie. Yeah, and that's I, I, I was approached by multiple friends I had who are not horror fans, but saw it anyway, and they were 
I was like, oh, what'd you think? And they kind of all did the same thing where they paused for a minute and then just said, we want you to see it and tell us. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I thought it was fine. It was a little weird. Um, I I felt like it got confused by what it was trying to do at a certain point, but um, it has some fun moments, but yeah. Like us horror people, they're like, oh, do you really want to see a conjoined twin movie? Have we got suggestions for you? Right. That's kind of what I said. I was like, you know, that that, that idea has been done better than this. Um, I kind of felt like it was James Wan trying to go back to making a horror movie, but he didn't have all of the Fast and Furious out of his system and couldn't quite shake the whole action scene <laughs> part because well he he did he did say his intention was just to make a completely off the wall nuts like horror movie yeah but he succeeded when you have like it's not like the 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 twin had been active all of this time like you know spoiler alert for malignant i guess but like it's her hitting her head that brings it to life Mm -hmm. so this thing's only been alive for what two days and it's capable of running full speed backwards through subway tunnels it's capable of doing slow motion flips you know and dodging bullets matrix style like it's it's a little far out there and i understand i'm criticizing a movie about a conjoined twin that grows out of the back of your head doesn't have like psychic powers too. something. Yeah. Like there's, there's just a lot that it's like, this is a little too much to believe. <laughs> you lost me at slow motion. So, <laughs> um, what else have I watched? We went and saw jaws. I did. I went and saw jaws. IMAX. That was maybe so my favorite theater going experience ever. That was just great. Did you hear about when I saw it in IMAX and no one else showed up? So I had the entire IMAX theater to myself. Nice. <laughs> Private IMAX screening of Jaws just at like four in the afternoon. Nice. It was, the, it was so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I, I had maybe 13 other people, but. Yeah, yeah was, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to go because of uh, Doug Sod guys cut his uh, Internet cable. But because originally they said, oh, just for Labor Day weekend. And I was like, God damn it, Doug. So we had to record on that Friday. But then it was still in theaters like the week after. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go. It's great. I think it's still playing in 3D at my local theater. And I might go back. <laughs> I just because I, haven't seen I really, really had to debate between the 3D and the IMAX. It wasn't a, it wasn't a debate for me at all if I have to pick. But I do want to see both. Yeah, you should do it, Doug. Do it this weekend. I just, I might. We'll see. And then, and then next week when I watch Jaws, I'll have to decide what format to watch it in. Because <laughs> 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 let's be realistic. It's gotten to the point now where there's like multiple streaming services where I log in. It's always in the recommended movies for me because they're like, oh, you watch it all the time. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know the internet has has learned you. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched Cloverfield 
for the first time since it first came out. Oh, yeah? um, still holds up very well. You love your found footage stuff, too. I do, and I really enjoyed that movie when it first came out and have been scared to go back to it just because I was afraid it wouldn't hold up. Um, but no, it's it's still good. I I think you lose a little bit this time around because the tension the first time you watch it is just what's the monster look like? But once you've seen it, you know, there's really still so much excitement, but... I don't know, seeing the Statue of Liberty's head just go flying and land in the streets of New York is pretty damn great. That's a good scene. Um, And then everything else that I've been watching is TV. Um, I went back and I decided that uh, most of the old, like, Masters of Horror episodes, I've seen most of them here and there, but I know I haven't seen all of them, but I own all of them, so slowly been chipping my way through mm-hmm. through the two seasons you know. I just I just rewatched cigarette burns a couple weeks ago nice John Carpenter he's great see Scott's learned Scott's <laughs> lukewarm on cigarette burns <laughs> like a dick um, what are your what are some of your favorites Scott you don't have to go through every one if you don't want to feel um, free Whatever. Honestly, like the the very first episode, I forget which one that is, Incident on a Mountain Road or whatever. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. one. Um, that's one of my favorites, and I think it was a strong way to start. It You think it's going to go one way, it goes completely different. Um, but yeah, I enjoy that one a lot. Um, God, now I'm trying to even remember what some of them are. The Sick Girl, I remember liking mm-hmm. that one back in the day. That was Angela Bettis in it, right? Yeah, and um, and the porn star, what's her name? Misty May or something? Misty Monday? Misty Monday. Um, you guys both have porn star names right off the top of your head. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because she she went on to star in a couple of horror movies. Okay. Right around that you time. Tell, you tell us whatever you want us to believe, Brian. It's fine. It's fine. We'll let you have it. <laughs> I've never seen any of her porn movies, so. Um, yeah, Imprint was good, but that might have just been the notoriety. Dreams in the Witch House, I think, is maybe the one of the best uh, Lovecraft adaptations that's ever been on screen. We actually did it. Well, we did it on the show as like a we treated it like a movie and just discussed it for an yeah. hour. <laughs> So yeah, it's, I'm not very far in, but it's it's fun to, to go back and rewatch those, see the ones that I had missed. Now you're gonna do Fear itself afterwards? Uh, I doubt it. I never, I've never actually heard or talked to anybody who saw it, but I just can't imagine that NBC did a very good job with that. I saw one episode that I really liked when it was new, and I've been meaning to go back and watch it ever since. And I still have it like saved on like a streaming, whichever streaming service, can't remember which one, but it's in my like to watch category. And every now and again, I look at it and go, I should just start watching that. And then I don't. So, yeah, I remember enjoying some of the episodes. I mean, obviously, it's not as uh, gory and sort of over the top as the uh, Masters of Horror, but. Some, well, some did they end up releasing them uncut, like on DVD later? Because they kind of talked about doing that. Um, they released them on DVD. I don't know if they're uncut or not. 
Mm-hmm. I know they had a couple episodes on there that ended up not airing just because they canceled it before it finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the only other thing I've been watching is uh, uh, I started watching the uh, Chucky TV show. Oh, yeah. I still have to get to that. Yeah, as as Doug knows, I'm a huge Chucky fan. Um, and was hesitant about this because I just didn't see how TV version of Child's Play could possibly be good. But I read some interviews about it where they basically just treated it as this is the eighth film. We're just doing it over epi- you know, in episodic form. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm only three, four episodes into the season. But um other than the acting being pretty okay, um, Chucky's spot on. Like Brad Dourif does an amazing job with it. He's right there as Chucky. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend it as a Child's Play fan. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I'm excited for season two. Yeah, that starts what next next month, end of end of October. Maybe somewhere in October. It seems like when they would drop it. What's that streaming on? Like, what's it available on? I've, I've I picked up the DVD of season one. Uh, I don't know. It airs on uh, USA and Sci-Fi. What comes out? Mm. I don't know if it's it's probably playing on Peacock. Is what would be my guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, sounds right. Uh, yeah, Peacock, Directv. Um, you can buy it on just about any of the usual Amazon, Voodoo, Apple TV. So, isn't it weird that like Chucky stuff is on like Peacock now? It's it's so weird to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I haven't got to the episodes yet, but like I know Jennifer Tilly makes a appearance in like half of the season, and um, Alex Vincent is in it, and. So yeah, they they bring back a lot of the main cast from the, the franchise, but I haven't gotten far enough to see any of them yet. But we live in a world where there's like there's about to be a Hellraiser series, so I guess like <laughs> series makes sense. But on Hulu, which is mainly owned by Disney, so yeah, like I don't have confirmation of this yet, but I suspect that when I watch that Hellraiser series, it's going to be through Disney Plus, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when Disney Plus was first announced, I've got my mom a one year membership because she likes the old like Cinderella and shit movies. And I'm like, oh, she can watch those all. <laughs> and now I'm like new Hellraiser. <laughs> hey, mom, want me, to, want me to renew for you, mom? <laughs> uh, I'm excited for that. You think they're going back to space? No space. Female pinhead, though, which has me excited. Right on. Controversial. Um, I've been saying for years that they need to reboot the Hellraiser franchise and do something different with it and start from scratch. Right. And I think that a female pinhead is actually a good idea because mm-hmm. if you cast another male in the lead, you're just going to have direct comparisons to Doug Bradley's performance. And starting from scratch with someone that's different different enough to avoid those comparisons is probably the way to go. Is um I assume he is to some degree, but how involved is Clive Barker in this? Uh he's pretty involved. He's like uh at least on the like the producer side. Okay. Uh he was the one working to get the rights back from the Weinsteins forever. Then 
And what well, happened there? How did he manage to get those back? Did uh, anything interesting uh, happen? Apparently made a deal with uh, some Cenobites to make the wine scenes implode and then uh, got the rights back. Hmm. Oh, and Michael Doherty is one of the main writers? Uh, sure. This is going to be amazing. God, now I got excited about something. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's, ne- it's never a good thing, just so we're clear. Yeah, I've been a horror <laughs> fan long enough to know that having expectations set high is a bad, bad idea. <laughs> uh oh. But David S. Goyer is a uh, writer on it, too. That's not good. Where do you see Mikey Doherty is at? Uh, I went to the Hellraiser Wikipedia page. And there's a thing that said, well, it says a television series adaptation of the franchise was announced to be in development. Um, Mark Verheiden and Michael Doherty will serve as the main writers. David Gordon Green will serve as director. Maybe this is old. I think it's old. I'm looking at the IMDb. It's got David Bruckner and a couple other writers who I don't know. And then story by David S. Goyer. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm still excited by it, so I don't care. Well, Michael Doherty needs to make me a new movie because there's a lot more holidays out there, damn it. <laughs> Trigger Treat's supposed to be coming back to theaters for October. Oh, I heard that. I know. I'm so excited. I haven't seen that in theaters since like the first time I saw it. I would go in a heartbeat. The closest one to us is up in Chicago, I think. But Yeah, it's a bummer. Still might be worth it. I I drove three hours to see it in theaters before I knew how much I loved it. So I've definitely drive that far to see it again. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty much all I've seen. What'd you watch, Doug? Uh, I don't have that much stuff, but it hasn't been five years for me. Um, <laughs> let's see, what have I watched? Not not a lot at all, actually. I watched uh, the remake of Pinocchio. The, uh, the Tom Hanks one, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a remake of Pinocchio. <laughs> That's all. Completely pointless. Yeah, um, mild changes towards the end where they update the the messaging to be a little bit more twenty twenty two friendly, but nothing big. There are some people of color in it, so I assume the internet is angry, but I haven't checked. <laughs> um, Probably. I'm only guessing. The only the only comment I have on it is like I checked after and it's like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Jiminy Cricket and I'm like holy shit I had no idea he's doing a really good job because I know that guy and I did not recognize his voice at all. So yeah, I didn't realize that either. That's my like my only comment about the movie. Other than that, it's a pretty faithful adaptation. So from what I remember, I haven't watched the original in a while. I've heard the donkey scene is less scary, which I say boo to that. It's a little less scary, and they drink root beer instead of beer. Boo! <laughs> I was like, like when they started handing out the big mugs with the suds pouring out the top, I'm like, are they giving children beer in a 2022 movie? And I'm like, no, that's root beer. Okay. That's yeah, I, I was, I had no idea that this was coming out, and I'm a little bit nervous as to what it's going to do to the hype for del toros like that seems weird that disney would jump on this and say hey we're going to release a pinocchio movie also when del toros has been in the works for decades Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just it's just like giant astronauts every now and again somebody has the same idea at the same time did you say giant astronauts oh sorry i meant uh 
<laughs> I meant asteroids. That's the term I was looking for. Um, yeah, but I want to go back. I want a movie about giant astronauts. Yeah, I'd watch I mean, that. Let's be honest. We all kind of would. Can we get Aerosmith to do the soundtrack? I don't. I don't see why not. It Sweet. might be country music now because they do whatever is popular when the time. But <laughs> what else did you watch, Doug? Um, let's see. Oh, you know what I did? I watched uh, Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> no, I watched it. I, I remember sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, this movie holds up way better than I expected. Right? Like, it it is much better than I remember. And then I realized I'm just watching it after I watched that fucking Yui Bowl movie. So <laughs> I think I think that in retrospect it's probably terrible, but because I watched it immediately following the Yui Bowl movie that I was giving it way too much credit and being way too easy on it. <laughs> I was like legit sitting there thinking, why do I why do I hate this movie? I don't understand. And then it was like the next morning I woke up and I'm like, oh wait a minute. I know what happened. <laughs> my mind was fucking blown by Yui fucking bowl. And I, so now it's like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep that memory in my head. I'm never going to watch that movie again. I'm just going to keep that memory in my head where it was pleasant and, uh, and, uh, you know, non-offensive. That's, that's the version of that film I want in my head. And if I ever want to watch it again, I'm going to watch a Yui bowl film first so that I get that experience again. Cause I'm pretty sure I hate that movie, but whatever. <laughs> I think that's the, the, the trick to enjoying any film going forward. Like Just, everything's good after that. I minor. Like I wonder what would happen if you watched a fucking Yui Bull film and then went and saw Jaws and IMAX. Would your brain just explode? Would you be like, Oh my god, what the fuck? There's nothing better than this. <laughs> like from fucking Well, I, I mean Friday's coming. Friday's coming. I think you can find out for us. From Mariana's Trench to the peak of fucking Everest, like in one day. I don't know if your body can handle that. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the producer's cut of uh, Halloween 6? I have. It's been a long time. I remember thinking to myself, this still isn't good. <laughs> I feel about the same way, but. But Paul Rudd. You know. Trust me, Paul Rudd's not the problem in that movie. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Again, like, it's very rarely the actor's fault when I don't enjoy a film. Like, there can be a bad acting performance and I can get around it. But when the movie's nonsensical, that's the problem. I will say that the one thing I do think about Halloween 6, I think Donald Pleasance is still bringing it. He's like 95 or something in this movie and he can barely stand up. And when he turns into the camera and, like, gives a speech you're still like yeah he's still got it man <laughs> he's like <laughs> he still has it like that even at that age it's it's pretty impressive paul Rudd almost did a horror convention once yeah uh like like after the ant-man movies so like oh. there was obviously no need for him to do the the it horror just, convention but he was going to do one for you know his role in halloween six and he was going to donate all the money he made to charity um, but then like his schedule filled up and he wasn't able to do it. He had to cancel, but I was so excited. I would, I would love to be that famous. And you know what I would do? I would get one of those little tables in the middle of life, <laughs> like all these other people who have only been in one movie and I would just get it there and I would just sign it. And when they asked what Ant-Man, I'd be like, Oh, I'm not, I only really only think of myself as the guy from Halloween six. <laughs> I'm just, I don't like to talk about Ant-Man. <laughs> 
<laughs> and man, that's not what defines my career. We're here to we're here at a horror convention because of Halloween Six. You'd be like, fun fact: Did you know I was the only cast member to show up in the Clueless movie and the Clueless TV show? <laughs> Super proud of himself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's got a picture of him with like the the two different shares from each version. <laughs> uh, he'd That'd probably do amazing. it too. I oh, love Paul Rudd. That'd be he's amazing. A, he's a national treasure. Oh, I hope he's not a piece of shit. I hope that doesn't come out one day. <laughs> Everything I've heard, he's one of the nicest guys in the world. So, oh, that's that's reassuring. I'm glad that that's happening. <laughs> but now how did we get here? Oh, Halloween six. Okay. Halloween six. <laughs> it took me a minute. I'm like, yeah. My favorite thing about Halloween six is that like one of the biggest horror fans I know, like when we were in high school together and he was like, he was constantly introducing me to like, he's the guy that showed me like zombie for the first time and hmm. sleepaway camp, like all these like classics that I had just not seen because I wasn't old enough to rent them originally. And he'd never seen a Halloween film. And I, I was a huge fan of Halloween four. So I really wanted to see six and, uh, we rented it. And then it was like, that was the first Halloween film we'd ever seen. And now he's like the biggest John Carpenter fan you'll ever Cause he went back and rewatched for some reason after seeing six, he's like, I should see the first one, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't get. Like I understand when I saw four, I understand why I went back and watched the first one, but I don't understand why somebody seeing six would go. I need to know about this franchise. <laughs> yeah. Six was the first one I saw ever saw in the theater. Oh really? I don't oh. shit. What's the first one I saw in theater? Shit. It might've been 2018. I don't really know. Really? It might have been Resurrection in the theater, but that was my first. Oh, Jesus. I tried to watch Resurrection at home one time, and a drunk driver slammed their car into my house halfway through the movie. (laughs) (laughs) You had a better night because of that drunk driver. They'll show you. It wasn't wasn't the nighttime. It was the morning. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Trick or treat, motherfucker. Yeah. Fuck. God, that movie's terrible. Christ. <laughs> Son of a bitch. When they let that fucking rapper guy call him Mikey, I'm just like, God <laughs> fucking damn it. Oh, I'm, I get mad. I can't. That one I can't watch. I'll get mad. <laughs> it's. Bust the rhymes and drunk drivers hit your house when you watch it. Yeah. Jesus. <sighs> All right. Would you watch anything else? Uh, okay. So the only other thing, and I can only discuss it this week. Because I certainly can't say this again next week, but okay. I started watching the Orville. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'll fucking deny it if you bring it up again. But <laughs> Noah was a hundred percent right about this show. <laughs> I I don't even know why I watched it. Look, I don't like Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch the Star Trek movies, but I'm not going to watch the TV shows. Like, I, I've seen, maybe I've seen all the movies once, except for a few of the ones that are funnier. Um, I, I don't really like Seth MacFarlane. I don't watch Family Guy or any of that. Mm. I certainly never take Noah's advice on anything. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when Noah told me a Seth MacFarlane show was just like Star Trek, I'm like, I better check that out. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even know what's wrong in my brain. Let's be real. Let's be real. It was out of spite to be like, there's no way he's right. I'm going to prove this motherfucker wrong. I'm going to watch this. It'd be like, nah, uh, Noah, 
maybe maybe that's what was going on but <laughs> honestly i will like it is it's my favorite star trek show of all time um it is it's not people think it the way it was marketed i thought it was a parody of star trek but it's not like a parody makes fun of something right mm. this is like it's a comedic version of star trek more of an homage but, so like but i mean like it's not like Star Trek is without its comedy, right? Like I, my favorite, one of my favorite Star Trek movies is Star Trek four. This is a straight up comedy. <laughs> film, right? It's a straight up, like just, they are not the hell you're whales. You know what I mean? Like, it, and that's the type of humor you'll find in this show. And the jokes per minute are no more pronounced in this show than they are in that movie. Um, if they're more modern humor, I guess, but the way it uses science fiction to bring up, discussions of modern day morality differences between cultures there's an episode i've seen i'm only like six or seven episodes in they've already had a bunch of characters taken to a zoo by like a future culture and they're like how could you put us in a zoo like this and then the guy turns to the camera and he's like we're not your fucking shamu okay you can't like use us like this and i'm like oh i see what they're doing here like it's <laughs> they like they're, they're doing what Star Trek does when Star Trek is at its best, which is invoke conversations about morality and ethics through the use of science fiction. And they're doing it, yes, in a more comedic way, but it's 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 really good. And it's not... It reminds me of like when Shaun of the Dead came out and I went into it thinking I was going to get a comedy film like that was kind of having fun with the zombie genre. And what I got was mm. a zombie film that happens to be funny, but it still touches on all the same themes and everything that you expect from a classic Romero type film. Mm. And this is the same thing where I'm like, it's, it's hitting all those notes. There's actually an episode of the Orville where, um, they're like, so a character, they, they go in to save a character and then that character, it turns out, is there to retrieve their ship, basically. And that character is a time traveler from a future generation who is an antique stealer. So what she does is she comes back in time to a moment when a ship is about to be destroyed, grabs the ship, ship takes it back to her time, basically lets all the people go, and then takes the ship and sells it as an antique because she's got this like picture perfect antique ship and she's found a way to do it where she doesn't disrupt the timeline at all because they were about to be destroyed anyway mm -hmm. so as far as anyone in the past knows their ship was just destroyed problem solved and these people are like you can't do that to us and she's like what can't i do i can't save your life I can't save your life, give you a chance to move on. Everyone else is completely unaffected and I get rich. Where's the downside? And they're like, well, you're, you're kidnapping us. And she's like, I'm saving your life. What's the problem? And I'm like, this is such an interesting moral debate. And they're doing it all through comedy. There's also like a giant glob that's voiced by Norm MacDonald that thinks all the women are hot. But, <laughs> but they're, but they're, it's like, it's a really interesting discussion. Like if you were going to die, and you could get kidnapped and taken to a new time and set free and go ahead, live your life however you want. But everyone in the past thinks you're dead. Technically you're not, but if she didn't do this, you would be. So they're not, their lives are basically the same. Um, it's, it's way more interesting 
than I expected. So, I'm telling Noah. Oh, sure. <laughs> luckily this isn't being recorded. Oh, he's not going to listen. Yeah, probably not. I will, and then I'll be mad at myself for saying all those nice <laughs> things. <about him. laughs> he's going to be saying, like, stupid dog. Yeah, first time I ever listened to my own podcast and got sad about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's really good. I mean, I'm like I say, six, seven episodes in. I'm going to end up watching all three seasons that are currently available. I don't know if it's uh, if that's it, but... Um, I mean, you'll probably hear more about it because let's be honest, I won't have time to watch watch, much much else if I'm going to be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) All Orville, all the time. I know. Except he's going to be coming on and be like, oh, this show's all right, I guess. (laughs) No, it wasn't right when you said it was good, but I'm still (laughs) watching it, though. (laughs) Just out of spite. Just watch it. Keep telling Noah how bad it is. Yeah. And every time he's like, how bad is it? I'm like, you shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You're not my real dad. And you just hang up. It's actually sounds like a lot more intelligent content than we usually put out on the show. (laughs) Uh, Is that it? That uh, that is it. Unless you have like feedback where um, Jeff Googled is alone in the dark um, based on true events. And we have to read that. YouTube comments on that because that was my favorite part of last week's show in case you're wondering <laughs> I did not oh, all right. uh, the only thing I watched was Barbarian and I can't really talk about it too much so apparently why, it was, why can't you because uh, it's a movie that if you know nothing about it and you go see it it's way better than spoiling it for yourself okay Friend of mine wanted to go see it. I'd seen headlines that it was getting some buzz. Didn't watch the trailer. Didn't even look up. I'm just like, yeah, I'll go see it. Why not? And spent most of the movie going, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Okay. See, I like, I'm curious about it based on the trailer. I saw the trailer when I went to see something else. Yeah. And it was, um, it, it caught my eye and I've, I've been thinking about seeing it. Is it based mm. or is it considered horror? Yes, very much so. Okay. There's two specific movies that it seems like, but I'm not going to tell you which ones because it will ruin it. Do you, sorry, Scott, do you not know what it is at all? I've seen the poster and that's that's it. Okay. Well, from what the trailer implies is that it's basically a um, girl shows up at her Airbnb and there's somebody else already staying there. And it looks as though they both booked the Airbnb the same night. So they end up sharing the space. And somewhere in the middle of it, he kidnaps her. I just got Ackerman Airbnb. This is perfect to watch. (laughs) Well, you should have watched it right before you went. That way you wouldn't sleep the whole time you were gone. Yeah. My wife would have loved that. So, Doug, just as we had uh, instructed you to go watch Nope, and you never did, uh, you should go watch Barbarian so we can talk about it next week. I might. I, I don't know. We'll see. I really liked it. Um, like I said, I had no idea what it was going in. And uh, yeah, ended up loving it. One of my friends that went and saw it with halfway through when when shit really hits the fan turned to me and said, uh, so I'm going to be going home and sleeping with you guys tonight? Because <laughs> he lives all by himself. 
<laughs> so yeah, so it was great. I really liked it. So definitely worth a watch. <clears throat> All right. Maybe I'll do that this weekend too. Yeah, you should. Definitely worth it. We'll never know what your opinion is on it though. You're not coming nope. back here, but that's true. Yeah, another another five years maybe. You described your show to us, and you did not describe a segment where you discuss what you've been recently watching. So there's no room for it there. That's true. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just take really good notes. So you know, in 2027, I can recap. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. So next week ends Slater September. Um, we're going to be watching Alone in the Dark again. <laughs> I, I fucking not. <laughs> now we're heading to the 2010s. And we're going to be checking out a movie called The River Murders, which is Christian Slater and uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? I don't know. I've never heard of this movie. He just he just died. Bro, so it's Christian Slater and Ray Liotta solving uh, some sort of murder. Um, the quote on it said, uh, there hasn't been atmosphere like this since seven. I'm going to assume, I'm assume that quote is probably wrong. I'm going to assume it's either wrong or possibly that this was released the week after seven. No, this came out 2011. Okay. never mind. So so way after in my head, I'm like, did it like, was it just that close? (laughs) It's like good news. <laughs> uh, so that, and then we're going to follow that up with a movie called Guns, Girls, and Gambling. Yeah. So this one deals with uh, some Elvis impersonators. One of them, obviously, played by Christian Slater. Do any of them use uh, guns and or girls and or do they go gambling? From the trailer, uh, yes. Um, some sort of artifact goes missing, and whoever's after it thinks that one of these Elvis impersonators took it. So they start killing off all these Elvis impersonators who were played by Christian Slater, Gary Oldman, uh, a little person. Wait, can you roll that back for a second? Did you say Gary Oldman? I sure did. Is there two Gary Oldmans in the world <laughs> or is it the Gary Oldman I'm thinking of? Nope, it's the one you're thinking of. What the fuck is going on? Yep. Uh, and uh, fuck else. It seemed like there's somebody else. The, the tone of the trailer um, makes me think they're trying to play off that Smoke and Aces type of uh, movie that was out around that time. Um, so, it's, yeah, Christian Slater, Powers Booth is in it. Uh, Dane Cook, Jeff Fahey, Chris Kattan, Gary Oldman. What the fuck is going on? Uh, Tony Cox, he's the little person. He was in Bad Santa. Yeah, I never knows who Tony Cox is. Yep. It's like the fourth fa- most famous midget of all time. Yeah. Um, and Paulina Gretzky, is that Wayne Gretzky's wife? No, it's his daughter. Oh, it's his daughter. Okay. Paulina Gretzky. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know she'd ever been in a movie. <laughs> Unless it's a coincidence, there's two Paulina Gretzkys in the world, but um, yeah. So, so five Elvis impersonators st- stay long after the contest, uh, playing playing poker. When a valuable mask is stolen from the Indian casino, 
killers, including a sexy blonde assassin. I'm guessing that's who Paulina Gretzky is playing. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, sexy and Gary blonde. Oldman. <laughs> you know what? Gary, Gary Oldman could pull it off. We all know he could. He could. He could. <laughs> Just, we'd all be going, I can't believe it. I didn't know that was him. <laughs> Just... <laughs> uh, they hunt down the Elvises to get the mask back. So we'll see. We'll see if it's any am... good or not. There's no chance it's good because if a movie with all those people in it was good, I'd have seen it by now. Yeah. But I'm definitely curious. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting show. You know what else I was curious about once? Alone what? in the Dark. I never uh, was. I not never anymore. Was. Not anymore. I have a friend who um, does not appreciate bad movies in any way, shape, or form whatsoever but it's probably the world's biggest Paulina Gretzky fan. So I think I'm going to actually see if I can get him to come over. (laughs) (laughs) Just so I have two reactions to it. We'll see how if I can pull that off. Yeah, it should be fun. (laughs) Uh, Scott, you want to plug your podcast again? Nah. Sure. Um, Yeah. Like we said, it may already be up. It may not, but um, it's the Fresh Brains Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook at Fresh Brains Podcast or Instagram, same tag. Uh, website, you can go to geeknerdery.com and find us there. Um, yeah, new episodes, I'm guessing, will go up probably about once a week. Um, kind of depends on what kind of cadence we get. Maybe it'll be an every other week kind of thing, but um yeah, it'll be pretty good. You know, find anywhere your your podcasts are. Leave us some reviews at first because that always helps. You know, get the word out for for new shows. So, um, you're you're prom- you're promoting to seven people right now, and they don't have time to review your show because they obviously don't have time to review our shows. <laughs> I mean, if I figure I can, if I can get half of the listeners for this show over there, then you know I'll be double. You know, my my last show. So honestly, that. Shape. Would- you got half the listeners to the show over there. That would just mean I listen and I'm probably not going to. So. What a jerk, Doug. Yeah. I missed you too. (laughs) Well, Doug being mean is usually where we end the show. It is honestly, (laughs) (laughs) but Noah's not here to take the brunt of it. (laughs) Nope. So false to Scott. Hey. Which is which is surprising since I'm the one who made him watch Alone in the Dark. In the interest know, of he, fairness, it falls to my buddy who's a Paulina Gretzky fan who I'm <laughs> going to make sit through that shitty movie next week. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I, I'm, I really was surprised that you know Doug's emotions were more sadness filled than they were rage filled because I expected some mean Doug tonight. <laughs> uh, oh, trust me, I got lots of uh, messages saying "fuck you." <laughs> so. oh i forgot to bring are we still recording yeah yeah because i wanted to let you know brian that when i put hashtag brian wolford is an asshole now watching alone in the dark um instagram gave me a warning that said <laughs> caution a lot of messages similar to this have been reported so i'm like well wait a minute a lot of people watch this movie and then call brian an asshole <laughs> Is that what's going uh, on here? Is this coming up a lot? How many people are you forcing this movie on, you dick? Uh, my other secret <laughs> podcast you don't know about. 
I think this is the secret podcast nobody knows about. But he just hands out notes to everybody he sees on the street. Like, here, watch this. Here, watch this movie. Alone in the dark, five stars. People are like, oh, I should probably check this out then. Out of what? 153. But still, it's five stars, though. Tara Reid puts on glasses. That means that's so we know that she's smart. Yeah, it was it was one step above, you know, Denise Richards in the Bond movie. But <laughs> how dare you? How dare me? I didn't do it. Blame you, Uve. <laughs> we, we need someone to play a museum curator. Who should we get? Maybe one of the American Pie Girls. Which one? The dumb one? Good call. Good call. <laughs> Let's promote this man. <laughs> I did read in the trivia that Uwe Boll regrets putting her in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, like he has something buddy to criticize. What about the rest of the movie? <laughs> you going to blame Christian Slater? Do you, no, it's no. not his fault. Do you know we had this conversation earlier in Slater September, though, where we're like, when you get your hands on a movie, you have to know what you have. Did we have this conversation or did I hear it somewhere else? I can't I remember know. now. Probably. Didn't we, did we have a conversation? Like, you got to know what you have, right? And you got to just like, this is the movie I'm making. I'm just going to enjoy it and make the type of movie I can, given what the situation I'm in. And we bowls like, no, I'm going to fucking make this deadpan serious movie where I do not have the ability to do so at all. And he's like... <laughs> No, he's like, it's like, no, just you've got fucking Tara Reed and glasses. Just have her take them off later and have everyone pretend that they now found out she's hot. That's what she's good for. Like, <laughs> Don't have her try to act like a museum curator because she can't say big words. <laughs> that's not again, that's not on her. It's she shouldn't have been in that position. I swore that I saw her looking at the table. While she was talking, I assumed her script was like sitting there. So I, she rattled off those words. I am not joking. If if anybody who's in this movie were to come out and say, like, look, I I didn't see the script until day of, until the moment of filming. The first time I ever read those words, I read them aloud. I would not be surprised. And uh, again, it's. There's absolutely no way that when Christian Slater does his voiceover, there's no way he wasn't reading that. And he was just like, at that point, probably contractually obligated to finish the movie and was just fucking sick of the bullshit and was just like, okay, give me what I got to read. I'll read it into this microphone and then we'll be done. But if I don't, if it doesn't get done today, you're just going to have to put it into a really ridiculously long fucking scroll at the front of the movie. <laughs> Better yet, let's do both. <laughs> yeah, what else was he doing? He had another movie coming out this year. Let's see. Yeah, he did Alone in the Dark, and then he did a movie called The Deal, and then he had to run off, run off and do Hollow Man 2. So. And again, Hollow Man 2, perfectly fine. And his performance is so much better in Hollow Man too. It just oh, shows totally. you when you bring someone in and give them something interesting to do, the difference you'll get. It's just, I got to run. I got to make a phone call. What? He's got to leave and go call into Hollow Man two to record his line. Oh, sure. <laughs> I didn't know what you're referencing. I was totally confused, but his okay. When he's doing voiceover in both movies and you can so clearly see the difference in the quality, you really can. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same guy like a year apart maybe from filming and you can really tell the difference. It's like, it's not, 
you can, that's why I say it's not the actor's fault when they're all bad. You know, I, I, there was like a security guard guy in this movie who had to like deliver some lines. And I remember feeling bad for him. Cause I remember looking at it. Going, I think I, I'm pretty sure that actor's really, really trying. And this is the shit they're giving him to do is he has to be like, Oh, this will take your mind off your boyfriend. Oh no, I shouldn't have said that. That's a silly thing to say. Cause now you'll be sad about your boyfriend. And I'm like going out of his way to not use the guy's name so that later they can shock us with the fact that Christian Slater is the boyfriend, even though like they're the only two characters in the film. So fucking course he's the boyfriend. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, so mad. Such a stupid fucking movie. Such a stupid fucking asshole who made me watch it. <sighs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.